We're like the traveling Woolberries over here. <laughs> Move on down the line. I'll, t- I'll take that compliment. Right. No, it's a good. No, yeah, I yeah, meant yeah. That's a super group, isn't it? Yeah, they yeah. are. You're going to look at the demographics of this one and go, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> this de- these demographics are worthless. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Kentucky Commons Radio Hour. I'm Michael Muller, joined today in Louisville, Kentucky at Bluegrass Homebrew Supply uh, with one John Renane, David Satterley. Hi. And uh, we we have some uh, beer royalty with us today. Uh, and David, why don't why don't I let you introduce our royal guest? Our royal guest of the evening uh, comes from a long line of beer drinkers, um, but we just call him Todd. So <laughs> welcome, Todd. Todd Ferris. Todd Ferris of uh, of beer manager at Liquor Barn, which is a kind of a you know regional wine and spirit shop um, chain in the area. And we'll get into it more later, but maybe one of the last people who actually drank a beer at Silo. I'm one of the few that's still left that hasn't lost a toe, at least. <laughs> yes, hasn't got you yet. Damn, uh, how'd you know about my loss, my missing toe? So uh, David has a, a little bit of a game for us to start already. Uh, but we also have a, a great beer to start and open the show up with. Uh, Royal Oil from um, uh, Ball, Ball and... Are you going to say it? Ball and Bush. Bullenbush. Bullenbush. I was going to make an effort there to try and rescue, but then I was like, I'm not sure if I'm going like, to get it right. That's either. not right. Uh, Bull, Bullenbush out of out of Colorado. And actually, this this bottle was provided to us uh, courtesy of a uh, friend of the show and friend of mine, uh, Tristan Chan from porchdrinking.com. Yeah. Tristan, uh, thank you so much for this bottle. We appreciate it. We're going to enjoy it. Um, I did forget about the rule of the show that uh, says David Satterley has to break through wax seals before <laughs> we start recording. Yeah. <laughs> Just, just keep it going. If you want to no, hand no, it over just, here, you'll you'll come for the bush, but of the bull, you'll stay for the bush. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Is the wax the bush? I don't, I don't know. So as we break into the royal oil, uh, do you want to give us a little bit of kind of your what's the best place to start? Like, how, how did you originally get into beer in the first place? How old were you? What were the times? What oh, music was on the hold radio? On, hold <laughs> on, hold on. We're getting this out really, but uh, part of what I want to go over is uh, as we drink this royal beer. Once I open it is why, why did we refer to you, Todd, sir, as royalty? Yeah. Well, in the Louisville beer community, um, you have either met or personally know 95% of the guests we've already had on the podcast. (laughs) True. That's true. So Um, I'm going to, I'm going to run through them and you're going to tell me how or why. Would you like me to open that while you do this segment? Nope. Okay. Just here. You are struggling with that wax. I'm here. I'm here. And if you'd like to see David Satterley struggling with that wax, we now have the full feed of the video podcast. We're experimenting with multiple angles tonight, so you guys can let us know how that works out. Uh, and then you can find the full feed as well if you want to help support the show, help support the work of Louisville Ale Trail over on our Patreon. I need a cigarette after that. Yeah, that was no. a good job, David. <laughs> the, the better the, the wax, the better the beer, I think, okay. usually, right? Well, let's get this poured up, um, and we're going to go through a uh, lightning round real quick. So, um, one person that actually bailed on the podcast tonight that I know you know, Drew Johnson. Oh, Uncle Drew. Yeah, he was my, uh, he was the beer buyer at Liquor Bar, and so my boss, um, eh, you know, and then he abandoned us a couple times, uh, and... <laughs> <laughs> Which we, you know, that's fine. Oh, he abandoned this podcast tonight. Yeah, yeah, it's a trend. It's a trend. I see the tears in your eyes, and I just want you to know it'll be okay. Um, uh, well, let's I'm go with a- Andy Cobb. 
Well, I, I just met Andy from drinking beer. I'd really know, you know, sorry. I wish it was a better story. <laughs> <laughs> if you're, you're, he saved you're me from a, a lion. Do, do you we'll, have we'll a good one. Andy story? No. <laughs> Andy, you're unremarkable. <laughs> I was just going to say, so it's like uh, the royal side of Louisville beer with the, like the royalty meeting, like the uh, administrative, like the mayor of Louisville beer snobs of Andy Cobb. Correct. So uh, what about a one Liz Vale? Yeah, I actually uh, met Liz when she worked at um, Drinks Well, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, years ago. She's awesome. Yeah, she's awesome. the best. It's and now birthday. she's not in. She's she's what she bartends part time at, at West Six. At Liz, West you don't Six. know what day we're recording this, so happy birthday! I'm pretty sure it's your birthday today. <laughs> it's like yesterday. Or okay, no. well she doesn't know what day it is. Yeah. What about what about uh, one of our most esteemed guests, Rob Lee? Mm. He was on this. He was. <laughs> he was on this before you. <laughs> the reason that you're on this is because you complained about Rob being on it before you got on it. So. <laughs> yeah, that's that was. Probably one of the disappointments of my lifetime. <laughs> That's great. It's yeah, like it, it's like if Rob Schneider won an Oscar before Meryl Streep. <laughs> I thought you were gonna go like say Adam Sandler or something, but that's so much better. That's so much better. Yeah. Um one... But he's a great guy other than that. <laughs> what about um Brian Holton? Mm. From Monic? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Formerly beer engine. Uh-huh. Yeah, the, I, yeah I, I think the first time I met him, Drew introduced me to him in Danville at Beer Engine. Actually, nice. Yeah. I never made it out there because I'm five years old. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you weren't old enough. It was a good spot. Monic's a great spot too, but Beer Engine was super cool. It was cool, and it was in Danville, so it stood out. There was also lore down in Danville. There was always a rumor that at for like one year back in whatever year that would have been, like 2012 or something. Danville, Kentucky had the highest number of breweries per capita of anywhere in the nation. Population of like, what, 8,000 and then like two breweries rocking or whatever. Yeah, I don't know if that's true or not, but that was the rumor. So Lore's not around anymore, uh, of course. Nor okay, Nor's Beer Engine. It's- so but I know that, but but Lore's not around anymore. So I can say that all of their beers tasted like there were p- dirty pennies in them. Yeah, I, I can say that. Yeah. I poured beer for them at some kind of a little festival sometime. And uh, the owner was a super nice guy. Oh, yeah. The beer was... Yeah. Talk about pissing away money. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, one of our more notorious guests, uh, a one John King. Mm. Yeah. Problematic. <laughs> yeah. Problematic. So the first time my brother ever met John King, he was dressed in, in uh, uh, it was at Bo and Luke Day when they had those. He was wearing uh, Daisy Dukes. He was doing uh, lunges in front of us. <laughs> It's on brand. Sounds my brother's right. like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> on top of the General Lee or just in the... <laughs> By our table, unfortunately. <laughs> he probably didn't even know anything was actually going on that day. He just showed up. And- yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like John King's alter ego, uh, yeah. Buck Stronghold. Oh, I miss Buck Stronghold. I don't. Gentlemen. He also uh, uh, cupped my balls at Country Boy one time, and I was that was not cool. <laughs> oh, my. Not yep. cool. Yep. Um, someone else we've had, uh, Scotty Likens. Mm. <laughs> Why just pulling it back? No, it's great. <laughs> he called, yeah, he always calls me Tom Harris and thinks he thinks that's the funniest thing maybe that's ever, ever happened. <laughs> it's like the, the worst dad joke for your name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hey, possible. Hey, hey, Tom. Hey, Tom, how's it going? <laughs> How do you, that's my bad Scott Likens. That's actually not that bad, man. That's pretty good. <laughs> I think that gets there. Well, you know Molesky as well. I know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you all like to argue. Um, and then Rubo and Spencer. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> From Atrium. From Atrium, yeah. Yeah, yeah, them I know. But <laughs> safe to say you've been a pillar both in uh, height and stature, <laughs> but also in friendship uh, throughout all of the Louisville beer scene for a, a long time, well well beyond my days. Um, so I, we're super excited to have you. I'm well, happy that you're here. Back when I was younger, I mean, I, you know, I didn't work at, at, in the beer industry, but I would uh, partake and just, you know, try to keep it, uh, you know, under wraps. <laughs> Is this Vegas or once you came back? <laughs> no, here. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't like call you know, I don't like causing a ruckus. A ruckus. Just low profile. I'll just enjoy the beer. I try. Yeah. But, yeah. So speaking of the beer, the Royal Oil, I would say, is pretty good. It so, is Yeah, good. thanks for the bottle. That's fantastic. Yeah, thank you very good. Uh, very light, very chocolatey, very rich. Borders on that kind of barley wine sweetness, but... I think this is barley wine. Very, is it a barley it's wine? It's a strong ale, yeah. Oh, okay, um, cool, cool. Well, hey, that's a great description. I, I remember... Th- this is, by the way, the most recent batch uh, that came out, uh, I think, back in October. I think the, we, we have had Royal Oil on the show before. I don't remember what year it was, but Roger Huff from Gallup Fox... Mm. Brought it during his uh, podcast episode. I remember not liking that bottle at all, hmm. uh, and this one I enjoy way more. Uh, yeah, it's it's nice. It's very it's not. I don't drink fresh barley wine that often. I guess usually it's a bottle somebody's been sitting on for a couple of years or whatever. Uh, but this is it says cellar up to twenty five years on the side, which I remember I love about their brand. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, this tastes this tastes great. And and yeah, I mean you can see this. It's bottle number zero nine nine seven. Barrel age, no age statement on that, but just it's a beautiful bottle too, and you mm-hmm. don't you don't see bottles like this anymore, uh, especially with the wax and seal. Um, oh, I love the wax. That's yeah, the yeah. wax and seal. That's is the, the best, best part. part. People are putting barley Absolutely. wine in cans these days. These kids, the, <laughs> the most kids po- the most popular barley wine in in, Mar- in America is being canned. Yes. What do you think that is? Old Chubb or something? What's the most popular barley wine in America? Yeah, the most for provocative is probably the the more recent release of uh, Double Barrel U.S. Old uh, Chubb. Yeah. Old Chubb's yeah. a Scottish ale, I think. Yeah. Which, anyway, which I think we can say now. But when we visited Chicago, Triple Barrel, yeah, we got to try the Triple Barrel under a uh, sealed uh, NDA. Oh, you're bringing this up <laughs> again. <laughs> Great. Well, this no, time, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, you can, you can you can talk about it now. Yeah, I mean, you can go back and listen to that episode that we did with Revolution back in what August, mm-hmm. whatever. And uh, what happened right afterwards was a great beer moment. Um, uh, Marty, their their oh, what's his title? Like just the head head cellarist, master blender, master blender, head cellarist, whatever. Director, barrel, barrel. director of barrel programming, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, he was like, "Y'all want to try the best beer I've ever had in my life." And the answer is always yes. Yes, and, and I was like, yes, of course. And then it became like a whole thing. Like, like I just thought he was just going to casually bring out a bottle or a can, and like, okay, here we go. First of all, David was on a work call. I don't think you could actually even come. It was the last day of me being employed at this place, and the last call I had to attend. Bro, that's when you just like hang up <laughs> the phone. Right. My well, I'm but, going through a tunnel. Yeah. But, to be, but to be fair, you yeah, also didn't true. even know what was going on. So like, you didn't know that you probably, in, in hindsight, you know that you should have just hung up. I have but, regrets. <laughs> but uh, Revolution is like a production brewery, so they take safety very seriously. So, I mean, I was wearing... Chaco's sandals at the time and so he was just like okay well actually we we need closed-toed shoes do you have any I was like no I'm sorry man bummer and he was like you know what I think I have a spare pair of boots in my office <laughs> nice stay here I'll be right back and he comes back with the boots oh shit you need socks too hold on I'll be right back so like <laughs> he goes through all these steps 
to get me like ready to go into the production facility. And then I go back into the maze of revolution. And uh, I think he calls it behind like the blue, the blue wall or the blue veil or something. And it's just a way that they conceal all their, their barrels at revolution. And he's just like, all right, here's what I need you to do. I need you to hold the flashlight. I need you to uh, get ready because I need to climb up over all these stacks of barrels, you know, probably 10 barrels high. And he's just like monkeying around up there to try to get to, the, to this one specific barrel that he already was in there earlier today. And and then he was just like, I'm going to hand you a glass and then you can try it when, it when I get back down. So I did that. And he was like, now, Michael, because... He might not have even know my name. I don't know. Whatever. It's like <laughs> <laughs> you're you're the first non-employee to have this beer, and you can't have it probably ever again. And you can't even talk about it until after we release it. And I was like, okay, that sounds good. And then we brought it back to David Glass and everything. But it was just like a whole production for what I would argue is one of the best beers I've ever had in my life. Hell yeah. Yeah, it was like a it was like a communion where they're like, you're the first person to yeah. ever. Beer, beer took me here but uh, yeah. but that being said i don't really remember all that much about the specific beer i know there's a description that came out just recently do you happen to i don't have it pulled up right now um that was what was eventually labeled as the rioters reserve or a triple barrel yeah vsoj nice uh, so three barrels blended barley wine great um octane too i think it was well, upper yeah 18 yeah. percent or <laughs> something I imagine, yeah. Yeah. yeah oh yeah it's still great uh, anyway, so the, yeah, jet they do can fuel. barley wine now. That's the point of this. Okay. Jet fuel, <laughs> jet fuel, yeah, yeah, jet fuel, hundred percent. But I mean, that's that's like some new hotness. But since we have a guest that has a little more experience than than us, I think I think we maybe take a a little trip down memory lane. Yeah, take a trip down memory lane. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure, sure. Like, I don't remember these things. So, um, in the state of nostalgia, we wanted to taste through a couple of beers that. Uh, May have been the only options. Yeah, let me pull <laughs> those out. Up. While I prepare uh, these too, do you want to give us a little primer on just Liquor Barn and how you got into this, when you got into the whole thing, and just kind of how you grew up in the craft beer scene? And I'll sure. grab the bottles. Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, the first, so, you know, when I was young, there were no options. Um, I, I, full disclosure, I am 57 years old. Okay. So when I was young, there were, you know, I, I didn't even like beer. Because my grandfather would give me, you know, some some Fall City, not the new Fall City, <laughs> it's old yeah, or Sterling or something. And it, it it was from a can, and it tasted like the can. It, it wasn't lined like it is now. You know, hmm. that was terrible. And so, but in the um, not in the early '90s, Silo uh, opened up here in Louisville. Here in Louisville, uh, it's where it's the, it was the the, the basement of Silo is where Mile Wide is now. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that, all right. It's yeah. Silo. So like di Diamonds. Diamonds, where Diamonds is. Uh, or, or Jillian's. Or Jillian's. Jillian's yeah. was the, yeah, that's where Silo was. And um, I mean, I didn't know this at the time, but David Pierce was the brewer who, end, who ended up at uh, BBC. Okay. I mean, I didn't know who brewed the beer at the time, but. And I just got something like a red ale or something, oh, whatever. And it was it was good. Yeah, yeah, it was, you know. And you remember what year that would have been, um, ish, or what music was on the radio? Uh, well, so uh, ninety two. So I'm guessing uh, Nirvana, was, Nirvana. Nirvana. Yeah, was, yeah. Was, I was one. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> See, I hate you all. <laughs> no, no, that's no, no. older than them too. Okay. So uh, here's so here's my question again, and I, not to derail this too much, but no, like, was fine. that a place that you know breweries today? I feel like there's a certain segment of the population, beer nerds, is like, hey, let's go to this brewery, let's check out this new brewery. At the time. Was Silas just like a place that people were really interested in checking out, no. or was it like a little corner no. in the neighborhood? That- <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Uh, um, I mean, I, w- I saw I, the thousand yard yeah, stare in your even, eyes. It wasn't even. I'll admit, I wasn't a regular there. I'd go there and you know try a beer every once in a while. I remember watching the last episode of Cheers there. They had oh, a big yeah. part of a watch party there for that, um, and they ended up to make money. They had to start selling Bud Light. And so it's like that. Mm. Yeah. And then they, you know, went. Yeah. Do you remember how was the beer? I thought, I thought, uh, you know, I, at the time I thought the, the, like a couple, I only had like the red ale and maybe a, a you know, a, a porter. Yeah. I thought it was good. So this is like the first like fledgling of a modern Louisville beer era. Would yeah. you say mm-hmm. everything got shut down during prohibition? Like even those ones you'd mentioned that, you know, grandpa would let you sip a beer, Sterling and false city and, uh, fairs and stuff, they all basically the th- kind of... Well, it by was the, the time, third brewery to... Yeah. Second or third yeah. to open up at the time. Yeah. By the time he, he uh, that I was young and he let me try them, they were owned by other people and shells of their former yeah. selves. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. and there had been a few other little like pop-ups here and there, but it seems like Silos was the first one that kind of like found a niche and kind of um, started the regrowth of craft beer in louisville and oh, the, I, yes. it's all it's all predating me so i'm yeah, just asking yeah. questions but didn't haven't we discussed a brownings yeah, brown, before and then brownings, brownings was, atg yep. is currently yes okay and they built out that brew house so shout out brownings because that uh the that Victorian whole system era. that they have back there is yes. nuts and, man. All, and they had a, a an ipa called she devil it was it was fantastic okay uh, it was a legitimate you know old school west coast bitter ipa double ipa very good. And David also, David Pierce also uh, brewed there too mm-hmm. at Browning's. Uh, I don't know. I believe, I believe so. Yeah, okay. I feel like he was there for yeah. a little bit and then moved uh, on to start BBC, which was one of the next. What, that's probably the biggest. That's probably BBC when it was to catch before Browning. Okay, so, okay, yeah, okay, okay. Well, yeah, this is why you're here. No, but, B- but BBC, out. you'd go there in like 90. Now that was always popular. Is it the Third Street? Here's a, No, the one Saint in St. Matthews. Matthews. I don't know. Here, here's some here's some trivia for you. Do you know where David Pierce first brewed in Louisville, commercially and professionally? No. Well, there wasn't that many options because we already talked about three of them. But there was a, another place that people don't really know about, and it was literally just this restaurant called Charlie's Restaurant. I, I've heard that, but and, I w- yeah. I've never was and, there. Yeah, it was it was a cream ale, and they basically the restaurant was just like we want a house beer. And the law says that we can do that now. So why don't we? Why is anybody doing this? So he just brewed Charlie's cream ale or something like that. Yeah. And then I guess there was really not much more growth after BBC and then Brownings until we started seeing like Apocalypse and Against the Grain or the next ones I could think of in the uh, growth. Cumberland. Cumberland. In yeah, 2000. Thank you, thank you. Yep. Thank you. Because I lived um, around that time, I lived by Bowman Field. And I would go to Cumberland a lot. That was a great spot too. It was great. The, yeah. Their beers uh, were, you know, were fantastic. The food, yeah, the food was fantastic. They had they had all the Sullivan uh, students. Were, oh, oh, I never yeah. made that connection. Yeah. That explains it. Yeah, dude, their jerk chicken. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah the jerk chicken wings and yeah. the sandwich. <laughs> so yeah. good. We recently yeah. got to do a uh, when they kind of did a uh, hometown craft house. Did the uh, 
honoring their old red ale recipe. Mm-hmm. And then they also brought back this jerk spiced wings recipe for one night only, which was really, really fun. Shout out. And then that kind of led us to where we are now. Then a- ATG opened around 2012, I think. And I think Apocalypse was the same year. I can't. I think Apocalypse was a little bit first, but I could be wrong about that. No, Apocalypse was after ATG. Were they after? Okay. Uh, I think I maybe just knew Leah first. Maybe that's the situation. And then in the, you know, after then, it's really just been like parabolic in terms of how we've grown as a beer city and a community of homebrewers starting breweries, which I've gotten to see a lot of those people go through. But you really yeah. didn't have any options back then. No. That's our point. Like, no. you, you just no. didn't. So, no. so <clears throat> we have a couple of beers on the table in front of us. I feel like these were your options at one point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, there's a couple I left off. One, Pete's Wicked Ale is no longer made, so if, ah, I, o- if I opened a bottle for you, you would not enjoy it. <laughs> uh, and Newcastle is not is made in America now. It's not the same, I mean, at all. At least all of these right now are the same as they were when I tried them. Um, that, oh, or no, maybe. Uh, there's, no. one, there's one now. exception for now. Oh, I know. I, okay, all right, no. all right, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into the politics of uh, module recipe modulation. Yep. Let's uh, let's start with um, let's start with the the, the pale ale, the pale ale, yeah, right. Sierra Nevada pale ale. Do you remember the first time you ever had a Sierra Nevada pale ale? Yes, uh, I don't remember where, but I, I just remember thinking nothing will ever be hoppier than this. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. So yeah, I was gonna kind of ask you like if and I would I called it the beer that makes me thirsty, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So if there were no breweries to go to, I mean, what? Yeah, where were you going? What were you drinking? Yeah. Well, uh, some there are places I remember. Ramsey's used to have Hunter uh, Fuller's ESB on draft. Nice. That's another uh, global it was, institution. It was fantastic. There was also, I believe, a uh, little beer shop beer bar where the Bardstown on Bardstown Road was. Oh, yeah. Yep, yeah, that's right. Cats. Yep, yep. Huh. Uh, that yep. was one of the, the the spots that people went. I know Roger Baylor went there a lot, apparently. Yeah. And uh, Richo's was another place, too. They would always have it on tap at Toy Tiger. Uh, back when <laughs> <laughs> No, they did not. <laughs> I even think, you're John, you're pretty old. I don't think you're old enough for Toy Tiger. Mm, no. <laughs> no. I've been there. <laughs> As a place, I remember we used to go try to like see boobs from the parking lot when I was like sixteen or something. That oh, was right. that's my extent of a uh, toy tiger. You can see it from the road. Yeah, <laughs> this is a strip club. No, it was just like a. <laughs> that's the best part. It, wasn't <laughs> it was just, just like, like they a... were not licensed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why they're no longer here. Yeah, yeah. it was it was wild. Not so, that I know. I just know stories that radio DJs. Well, the, have told me like the, the homemade years. bikini contest, the winner would be someone who just made the bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> I miss Toy Tiger already. Somebody <laughs> has the sign. I can't remember who it was, but uh, I saw some news story about the guy who made off with their like big neon sign that they had. Some collector or something like that. Anyhow, yeah. Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. As soon as you smell it, it just smells like American beer to me. American West Coast beer. Yeah. Uh, they were one of the first ones. No, actually, I think Anchor Liberty used Cascade. But to me, I just associate Cascade hops with Sierra Nevada and that Chico yeast with Sierra Nevada. To me, you know, being a 38-year-old man in 2023. That's how old you are. Yeah. uh, I just, uh, that defines West Coast pale Mm -hmm. ale slash IPA to me. And I remember that exact thing you're saying about like, oh, my God, the first time I think I would have tried it. Uh, would have probably been like at a college party 
in Lexington uh, back, you know, circa 20. 2005 or something like that and like we were used to drinking like Stroh's. I used to work at a grocery store where I could uh, uh, you reserve the right to not yeah, self-incriminate let's just, yeah, yeah. I, I played the fifth on this yeah. but I, we would try to drink Heineken and we were even like oh that's so bitter it's like uh, uh, but we like would, would pretend we loved it but then you try Sierra Nevada and you're like oh my god but then you just get a taste for those hops somehow yeah. Yeah. it like like it you're saying, it just over. makes you want more. Mm-hmm. You just get it's a beer that makes you want another sip. Definition of acquired taste. I I don't know if it's the first time I ever had Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, but I just I remember a very specific memory of me being somewhat freshly 21, 22, and unfortunately getting it at Gersel's here ah, in Louisville. Nice. Uh and then I went to Gersel's a few more times after that, and I just like had a habit of getting Sierra Nevada Pale Ale whenever I went there. Yeah. When Cumberland opened in 2000, they had a really good. Their pale ale was pretty much a Sierra clone, but it was fresh, you mm-hmm. know, and, and it was it was delicious, really good. Uh, what else we got here? Yeah, let's work through one more of these, and then we, we don't have to rush through them all. Yeah. Uh, we can we can uh, enjoy the next one over our segment. Let's do it. <coughs> not here. not quite a it. twist off. <clears throat> so. Old tried and true, um, fat tire by New Belgium. Fat tire amber ale specifically. <laughs> Amber's of ales for now, for now, for now. So, so this is one of those that um, it seems to be a little bit of a trend where they have uh, decided to, uh, I guess, deviate from the traditional recipe into a more quote-unquote consumer friendly recipe whatever the hell that means yeah i mean like so i'm sure like money dictates a lot of this and sales numbers and whatnot um we'll get we'll get into trends later but let's let's have a fat tire yeah so you were telling me that this might be and you might know more but i bought this in anticipation of them changing the recipe like when that news first came out which was what like six weeks ago or a month ago or whatever but even by the time we heard about it, were they already starting to transition to the new recipe? Mm-hmm. So this is not actually old, authentic fat tire. It this looks is, so much lighter than what yeah, I yeah, yeah. I mean, it does. It, it, old fat tire was that's not an amber. amber. Yeah, right. Well, they, uh, I think they started to put a little, but this is definitely uh, the, the 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 rep for New Belgium uh, came by my store, our store, and. Um, the, what she poured me the new was definitely lighter than this. So this okay. is kind of wow. a hybrid, yeah. I would say. And what David said earlier is that they might be blending. Y- yeah the the new introdu- the new recipe was introduced um, over the last five to six months. So they've been slowly um, introducing that component of the new ale into the amber ale and testing the market on it. I assume sure. So this bottle, while we thought we were ahead of the curve of <laughs> we were not. getting the old, um, <laughs> I mean, you, a little bit, though. but you can see, I mean, it, it's, it's very not, like it's a not an golden ale. Yeah. Um, it, it's not, it's still super clear. I'm sure it's a technically sound beer, but this, this is not, it's not <laughs> fat tire, not fat tire. It's not at all. I've, I've always said, like, I mean, I just, I, I don't remember what things taste like. I've never been good at that. That's not a superpower that I have. So like, I don't typically remember beers that i've had you know even sierra nevada like okay i think that's whatever but there was a time where i was drinking so much fat tire because 
basically I was trying to get a job with New Belgium and uh, I was doing that. So I was getting all their products all the time and just trying it. So I know exactly what their fat tire tastes like. And this is not it at yeah. all. <laughs> it was uh, always one of those that was a little more heavy on the caramel crystal malt kind of stuff. And that's not always something I always love. But in that beer, I really did appreciate it just because it was an American Amber Ale. Let me, in the, let me set this scene for you. In the late 90s, people uh people we knew would go to st louis and bring fat tire back to us yeah that's did you have like yeah. a Smokey and the bandit situation going it, on it, pretty much yeah <laughs> holy cow yeah drive driving four hours no 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 i mean west. if they were there yeah, for yeah, something. yeah. it's like oh, when he used okay. to bring back yenling or something yeah yeah like, it wasn't a, yeah yenling from cincinnati yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was part of that generation <laughs> Same here. Same here. That's, our, that's our connection. We we have fanatic friends that have driven out to Highwire in North Carolina to bring back, you know, some of the barrel aged stuff. And uh, lo and behold, a mirror. <laughs> what, five years later, we have one in our backyard. So, yeah. First time I tried a uh, fat tire was uh, probably 2005 or so or whatever. And took a, like a vacation to Colorado. Uh, and like hectic, you're like traveling, da da da. And I was kind of into beer, but then we just like wandered around town and found this little pizza shop somewhere down in Denver and we ordered a pitcher of fat tire, like being exhausted. And that just made me fall in love with it because it was yeah. so delicious, so refreshing, so good with pizza. And you know, when you're in Colorado, everything I think tastes better. What uh, my when I moved in 2002, I moved uh, to Nevada for a while. And that was the, like, right when I got there that month, uh, Fat Tire launched in Nevada. So they were everywhere. And, and they were on tap everywhere. And it was just so good to have yeah. with food, yeah. you know. And and if you were gambling, you got one free. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So free. you just put a penny in the here's, slot every yeah. time. The <laughs> here's my question. Do we care that it changed? Like, between the branding and the beer, like... Does anybody actually care? It's not the same, but even like uh, Brittany, the new Belgian rap, she goes, "Yeah, everybody that's complaining. When's the last time they?" Exactly. That's exactly. exactly. Yeah. Say, yeah. I, I, all right. I I did offer it. Uh, I fooled. I I got married last March. This past March, uh, very late in life, but I got married, and we had fat tires an option because that was I thought a decent. Yeah. Pleaser. I had one. But you know what? I, I didn't drink one that day. <laughs> I had other well, things. Well, it's kind of like you what like you know what they say about the, their weddings. Like yeah. you you you're so busy at your own wedding and you never get to even have your own fat tire. Your own <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, exactly. I I'm I managed it. <laughs> yeah, I don't I, know. It's the it's the nature of the beast and just people's tastes change and I mean they could have just discontinued it and just did a, you know a, a an American blonde or an American pale. <sighs> I'd say a gold Dale is what it is. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it. Just, I, I'm glad Fat Tire is still out there because it really does uh, hold true to me. But if I want it, I can always homebrew it. You know, you can. I can always make some Fat Tire. I, I think the more sensible option from a longtime consumer, which I'm not, uh, but <laughs> I, think, I think the consumer part of it could have been that we could have launched a new brand and added some flair to it and changed it a little bit. And like these are 12 ounce bottles. They're going to cans mm -hmm. and the, the labeling is much different. People were calling them out on the labeling too. They were comparing it to. It looks uh, like it looks like High Life. It, bit, or, or sorry, uh, no, Miller Lite. Miller Lite, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to put in the work, it, it might have been 
advantageous to maybe scale back your production effects. I mean, I don't know. I don't work for New Belgium, yeah. so there, there's numbers and plenty of things I don't understand, I, but this would have been another option. What I'm most fascinated by the entire thing is that Fat Tire already went through an identity rebrand a few years ago when they started marketing it towards like i mean they they launched their own social media channels just for fat tire uh so they were oh, already I kind of separating that. from the new belgium brand it was going to be like a um a house of brands scenario for new belgium interesting and fat tire was like the cool skateboarding snowboarding brand uh i mean they, they like give away bikes and like yeah, yeah. you okay. have one don't you I did. You son of a It's a cool bike. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, yeah. I think if you're an employee of what, like three or five one, years? No, one after one year you get a bike. Hi, I'd like to be employed. <laughs> can, can, can I I think it's, I'll get it's, you a bike. Yeah. It's been a few years, so I can tell this. But I like I said, I was vying for a job in New Belgium, not once but twice. Uh and uh there was bar a uh, quick bar crawl during December that I went to, and one of the prizes was for a bike and the New Belgium rep um I think rigged the contest in my favor uh stop the steal so because i think she felt bad for me that i didn't get the job so i was just like well <laughs> now i now i get the bike a, a year uh, in advance. it's like you worked there a year consolation yeah. bike yeah consolation prize on wheels yeah exactly <laughs> and if and if you tip this week on the patreon instead of paying for john's therapy mm-hmm. it'll go towards david's bike fund david's bike fund what about my bike it's all an, right it's an e-bike i'll talk about this in therapy this week thank you um you want to crack one more and then do a little uh, ranking of some of the most nostalgic beers throughout the last thirty years? You want to do Boston Lager? Uh, yeah, let's let's save the stout for last. Yeah, let's save the stout. The most uh, un unfettered one of the <laughs> right. So as we crack Sam Adams Boston Lager, any nostalgic memories around that one? That's one that I always just w- I would get it and I would always really like it. But it always just kind of felt like a staple. That was one that, like, the corner store in Lexington, you know, would have in addition to, like, maybe Killian's or something, other than just, like, Bud Light, Miller Light, High Life, Stroh's, whatever. Usually it, what I, the first thing I thought when I'd get a, a Sam Adams out is, okay, this wing restaurant does not clean their draft line. <laughs> Uh, what's funny is I was going to say the exact same thing. That's amazing. Also frosted mugs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing actually... And that's not, that's not their fault. It's not yeah. Sam Adams' fault. It's a good beer. And they're a really good company. I actually meant to bring that up while we were talking about New Belgium, but it was always really easy to support them and want to pursue their products. And that's a lot of what craft beer is that's different from uh, big beer. It's just that the... the well, the line the line between know, Sam know, Adams know, and Big Beer is quite well. Uh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. The, I mean, the the way that the line adjusts every year to be slightly or, or to be designated as a craft independent craft brewery, uh, it kind of falls on the line of where Sam Adams it's produces like their barrel. barrel yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a moving <laughs> floating target, if you will. Yeah, you're right. That's true. Craft beer is dead in in a way, but that's. The, the reason craft beer is a word is only because prohibition screwed everything up, and we're we're trying to re- get back to equilibrium where it's mass production versus niche production versus like what are people into? Is it punk rock? Is it culinary? Is it artisanal? Is it your favorite brand from when you were a kid? Is it what your grandfather drank? I think people are into the traveling Wilburys. <laughs> yeah, me, me too. I I always thought that the best thing about Boston Lager is that it's brewed in Cincinnati. That was always my favorite thing. And they have a tap room there, too, yeah, which I've, I've not been to. I'd like to go there soon. 
Um, I I think I don't really have a specific memory tied to this. I just know that my dad is one to always drink like Bud Light and Stella's, and so the 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 times when we're out at dinner and he feels like trying to drink craft beer with me, he he will get like, oh, I'll have a I'll have a Sam Adams Boston Lager or Sam Adams Oktoberfest, and yeah. that's just what he gets into, and that's. I think that's who it's kind of aimed towards, right? Oh, that's it. It's pretty good. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. It's a it's a true Patriots beer. But Indeed. I have now Indeed. they're changing the recipe of this. I God did, damn I, it! I, I didn't know that. It's all of my childhood ruined. So what are early adulthood? No, what's, 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 what's the scoop? I don't know as much about this. I was told this by the new Belgium rep. So I don't know. If <laughs> of course, new Belgium would tell you that. <laughs> we're just uh, shitting all over Brittany Donahue this week. Right? No, no, I'm not shitting all over. Shout outs, Brittany. Shout come outs. on the pod. Yes, she's great. My favorite beer rep. Same. Yeah. So, so there, there's rumors that they <laughs> might be reformulating as well. Yes, the rumors. So amber ales and amber lagers are probably not the most hot selling beers right now. Is kind of what we're thinking. I don't know if like I, I always Bell's amber was fantastic. Um, yeah, but it's not distributed in Kentucky anymore. Now I think that was uh, the distributor's decision, not Bell's. But I'm going there on Sunday, so um, I'll bring some back. Uh, I'd like to try that. I don't ever remember having it. Do, is there a name specifically? Bell's Amber. You, you, <laughs> <laughs> can't miss it. Can't miss it. <laughs> That's the good thing about Bell's. They're very straightforward. They very. They really are. And all the uh, beers are the same price. Are they? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. So as we just want to like blast through some nostalgia is, is basically what we're doing here at this point. Uh, I've got a list of what in my mind are 22 ish uh, craft beers, all of which I believe are American made that at least in my mind were penultimate in some way established a style, perfected a style. It's stuff that people were just talking about over the past 20, 30, 40 years or whatever. So I don't know if you guys are familiar with like the uh, Twitch uh, like tier ranking system. I think this originally started with people ranking Super Smash Brothers characters on a power scale. S is like top tier, superlative, you know, God tier basically. Then there's A, B, C, D, E, and then F, if you guys remember all those from, from middle school. So let's... Uh, <laughs> middle school, yeah. It was all, all Fs. Eighth grade, I learned my alphabet. <laughs> all yeah. incompletes for me. Yeah. So we'll, we'll bust through these. If we have memories associated with them or stories, we can talk about it. Otherwise, let's just let's see what we think. And if you're listening along, uh, we'll, we'll put the list in our blog, and we'll give you guys some way to let us know what you think about these um, at lovelyaletrail.com slash blog. So... I've all I've I think I've got these right. They might be wrong, but I put them in chronological order from the date the beer was first released, and so that means number one, Anchor Liberty Ale, released allegedly from what I could tell in 1975. Um, I haven't had an Anchor Liberty in a long time, but that to me is like the quintessential West Coast IPA. Have you had that one recently? No, not recently at all. Any thoughts or memories about it? I mean, I'm giving it an A right away. All right, now maybe not an S, but. That's just me. You don't have to go if you don't think. I don't, I don't even going, know. We're if going I've, with you. I've never had okay. it. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had it. I, it used to be on. Okay, do you know where? Uh, anybody familiar with Baxter Station, the mm-hmm. restaurant? Yeah. Okay, they used to have it on tap there a lot. Yeah, and it was great. So um, that's maybe that skews for me, but no, I still I have agree. some people that very old people that come in and buy it. <laughs> 
good for a case a week. So you can still. Okay, that's what I was gonna say. So like, you can still get it. Yeah. yeah. See, yeah. I didn't even know. Like, I, I don't think I've ever even seen it on shelves recently. So. That, that's not the steam beer. No. Right? The no. steam beer is like that really old school, like just California it's common, common yeah. recipe. See, and I they lo- were I the love ones. That beer. They're it's, the ones who I kept that good. going. Yeah, I think it's good. But then, uh, what I can't. Do you remember the gentleman's name? Um, oh God, if if I heard it, it he is also in in good company here. Beer royalty. Uh, Probably more than me, I'd say. It was the guy from Maytag uh, who who bought Anchor, wasn't it? Vince Vince Maytag. Vince Vaughn. I'll look it up when you guys have it. When I have a Vince second here. Um, but yeah, so they, they owned that company, and then eventually they were like, "Hey, screw it! Like, let's do this West Coast IPA thing." And they were like the first to use Cascade hops, which were these hops they were trying to learn how to grow in America. Like Charlie Papazian was screwing around in his kitchen. Uh, Jimmy Carter was going to legalize home brewing. It was kind of when we started coming back from prohibition uh, with just large companies owning everything that had to do with beer and letting it get back into like the pans of farmers and brewers and malters and independent retailers and restaurateurs and stuff. So on that basis, I also give it an A tier. Is it the best IPA in the world? Well, everybody's opinions are going to differ about that. It'd be a tough argument to make. But is it the best IPA in the world in that context? I think so. A tier. Anchor Liberty. And I think that's the yeast strain that still gets used. I think uh, White Labs cultured that one as WOP051, which I think also eventually migrated to become the house yeast strain of Bell's. So also uh, historical in that way. Speaking of uh, historical yeast strains, we just tried a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. I bet that is number two. Uh, that was released, I think, in 1980. Mm-hmm. What do we, where do we rank that one? It's got to be an S tier. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's everywhere. You can still get it, and every everybody has a memory still attached to it. So Okay, that. I'm not going to argue with you guys there. And what I've noticed is we sell so many, much, many more 12-packs of that than six-packs. And that's one of the few beers. Because it's a crusher. Yeah. Yeah. It's something you just want to have in your fridge. Well, one of the few craft beers. Obviously, we're going to sell you know, the domestics, you know, but in, in larger format. But yeah. If I see it in a six pack and I see it in a 12 pack, I'm probably going to buy a 12 pack too. But so that, that connects. Uh, number three, Sam Adams Boston Lager, which we also just got to try, released in 1985. Where do you guys put that one? And how do we want, how do we want to make that determination? I don't have the nostalgia aspect of it. It's a good beer i from the last time i had it it's the exact same it's mm-hmm. got those big toasty notes um it's not my favorite but i don't know we're, we're lending to historical bias so you have I, you have something in your heart that you want to say give it i'm not the right person you want to you want to give it a stab i see i don't have a lot of nostalgia for it yeah so i would say b on on just you know but that's you know, maybe that's wrong, but there's no right or wrong. There's no right or wrong answers no. here, and beer, was, beer advocate won't agree. And I was floating towards agree. D. I was floating towards like, C, honestly. Yeah. So okay. we could that's go fine. right in the middle. Yeah. No, C's fine. Yeah, I was, you know, I was a C student in English. I can speak the language. I'm not fucking Shakespeare. Like, come on, that's Boston Lager to me. All right, so S A Boston. What's that mean? You know, come on, I can speak the language. So, so Boston Lager is reading the Cliff Notes version. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, exactly, okay. exactly. Yeah, fair enough. And uh, number four is oh, another one we just tried. New Belgium Fat Tire Amber Ale, released in 1991. Uh, let's go with the original formulation, just <laughs> right. for the sake of this uh, this essay or this exercise. What do you think? I so, think A is the lowest it can be. Okay. I, a, yeah. Because it was kind of a, def- a definition yeah. of a style. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. 
if you if you want to go try an amber, it's like, hey, get the fat tire. Yeah, try I, I agree. Yeah. All right, let's go fat tire. Also in the A tier. And we'll put all these uh, in the show notes for you guys to criticize. The next one is when things started getting kind of wacky and wild. Uh, the next one released in 1992, which is nuts. Goose Island, Bourbon County brand stout. That's, what do you guys think? It has to be number one That's with Sierra S. Nevada, right? S tier? That's S tier. It's still, think, it's still yeah. relevant to I think it's everybody. It's still yeah. S tier. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a thick boy, uh, but I'll so I'll go with your all. I'm not a stout guy. Like uh, that's not where I gravitate. But uh, just in terms of the historical context, I, I agree. That's a very important beer. I mean, wait, hold on. Are we going towards personal preference, or are we going towards like what what I it means to the community? To me, well, this is both. To me, it, it's, it's still good. Yeah. But I mean, it seems like you well are leaning more towards personal preference. So, <laughs> all right, eighty. I don't know. It it really just is where it's what's more. How much is it? How much is it important? Because it, even though it's not it's a beer still, I care for, it's a beer that yeah. defined a style, and um, I don't know. I, I, I I'm very comfortable putting it in S tier, even mm-hmm. though it's not something I would drink over a Pilsner Raquel or a Coors Banquet. All right, move to the next one. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Yeah. Uh, so Goose Island. You're, you're just ranking of sorry, sorry, sorry. beers now. Next one is another weird one, um, and this might be something that sparks some conversation. Released in 1994. Uh, Magic Hat number nine. G. Yeah? Wait, what is G? The worst. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. So you're not wrong. It's been a long time since I had a Magic Hat number nine. Longer than I can even I love West remember. Six. <laughs> they also got into some controversy here uh, for filing one of the first Kentucky-based like C&D or trademark US, controversies. U.S.? One of the first ones Base, U.S.-based? I think. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, it's always been giant breweries coming after Kentucky so breweries. They were yeah. the original douchebags, so congratulations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the beer was weird as How hell. I a D for douchebag. So <laughs> the one credit. thing I'll give to Magic Hat number nine is that they did, it was, it was, it started, I worked in the homebrew store when it was popular at my old Kentucky homebrew, and people would come in and be like, hey, uh, can you give me a recipe for uh, Magic Hat number nine? I go, fuck. Because then I have to explain to people how you incorporate apricot into a homebrew. And then they're like, uh, so I have to buy like a $30 jug of like apricot puree as well. Uh, let's go D on uh, Magic Hat number nine as well. Because it's not good. And they're douchebags. Yeah. yeah. Am I right or wrong? What they, no, you're right. They paved the way for Keystone Brewing to sue Stone Brewing of Kentucky. All right. What's so. the, what, what are a couple more that we got? All right. Uh, we're going to move on now to, oh, well, you just mentioned Stone. Arrogant Bastard released in 1997. What do you guys think? That's that's low on the list. Low, me. but still culturally relevant more so than Magic Hat. B, then. Okay, I'm good with that. It's kind of gross, though. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. gross. Maybe a C, then. I would put Stone, like, IPA as a B, maybe. Oh, but yeah. Arrogant Bastard's not I great. mean, even even in, like, you know, 2017, we were still buying it at, at Beer Store, though. That's true. It was always on the shelf. You want to give it a B? Like, we were always getting new orders. And you want to give it a C plus? <laughs> C plus. All right. Sure. C plus. Uh, next we were going to mention Bell's Two Hearted, I think, which was released in 1997. S. Yeah, no, that's an S. Yeah, right? Personally, it's still good now. I agree. It's one of my favorite beers in the world, and we debated putting this on there because it's not like a beer that revolutionized anything. It's not a nostalgia beer either, because we still sell yeah a a decent amount of it. It's my it's my go to when I don't know what else to get. I'm either getting a High Life or Two Hearted, and I think it's one of those examples of like. 
it's hard to say perfecting, but they almost did just perfect that kind of an IPA. It's so consistent. It's so good. It's centennial. It's clean yeast. It's not clear. It's hazy. And it's freaking amazing all the time. Let's round it out with uh, the top 10. Oh, come on, guys. All right. Widmere Brothers. Do you remember Widmere Brothers? Yeah. All right. Widmere Brothers Hefeweizen. Oh, God. What is that? You hate it? Yeah. All right. Widmere Brothers Hefe. I'm not the biggest Hefe fan either, but I will put it in there. Yeah. They sued uh, Great They were another one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Great Lakes had a beer called Alchemy Hour, and they made them change it to Chill Wave. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. I've had Chill Wave. Yeah. Chill Wave was great. And Alchemy, their, their beer, sucks. So... All right, we'll blast through the last few here. No, there's only one more. Oh, no, no. Come on, guys. This is a good segment. This is what the people want to hear. Dogfish Head 90 Minute. Average. C. Uh, how about Russian River Pliny the Elder? It's, that's an S. It's yeah, got to be, yeah, right? I mean, it's just not, I mean, it's just not accessible to this region, really. So that's my only qualms with it. But that's. All right, let me pick out the other couple interesting ones here. Uh, Alltech Kentucky Bourbon Barrel Ale. <clears throat> it was very important culturally to have here in Kentucky because it was something people liked. It was something people would seek out, but it was not the best beer in the world. I'm comfortable giving it a C or a D. I don't know. What do you guys think? That E spot looks pretty lonely. Yeah, <laughs> an E. Okay. All right. It's it's it hasn't aged well. If it was good at one point in time, it it has significantly declined. And then the other one I think we should shout out is Hetty Topper, uh, released in 2011. That was kind of the start of the New England craze. Was it? Well, was it? That's what I put it on here. What do you guys think in terms of how much you enjoy it versus how much historical relevance it has? Where should it go on this tier list? Oh, it's it's an S. Yeah, I enjoy it tremendously. All right. It still is one of the ones people seek out. It's always good. It's super consistent. Uh, so bringing it back to Louisville then in 2012 against the grain released Citra Ass Down. Where do you guys want to put that one in terms of deliciousness, relevance, personal love? I think it's a solid beer. I will not give it you know the same as Hetty because there is a little bit of variation in the consistency. Like the, it's not always as good as a Hetty Topper or a Bell's Too Hard. It is. Still a solid beer. I'd be okay giving it a B tier. What do you guess? Oh, there? man. I think I think it's A beer for a- sure. <laughs> there you go. We can give it A. A beer Let's for go Citra. Let's give C for Citra Ass Down. Okay. Well, let's get, we'll meet in the middle then. We'll put it on the B tier. All right. And that's been a lot of beers that we have ranked here, and only a few have taken the top spot. So Okay. So. Well, we need a bottom, so I'll do one more. We're jumping back in the list. Uh, 2007 release, Southern Tier, Pump King. Are you guys gonna I actually it? like that beer. I was going to give that the F. I was like holding out one for an F. I can't if it, stand if it was King. if it was uh, Warlock. I would yeah the rum barrel one that would have been better. But right, yeah, we'll, we'll go we'll go B for me. A B for you on Pumpkin? I like it. Oh. It's it's the only pumpkin beer that I like besides okay. uh, besides Schwafly Pumpkin Ale. Yeah, that's a good one. Sure, that's very good. All right. Well, my segment is now over after your all's uh, protestation. Uh, but I don't know. It's fun to kind of look back and think about all these beers that. I think we're very important in getting to where we are now. Um, And it was interesting to me in kind of searching through these and looking for like just important beers. Not that much stands out, at least in my mind as an older person after like 2012, 2013, 2014. I don't know. Does that resonate with you all? Has did all, has all of the great beer been uh, the generation of the past and are, are all the kids these days? It's all on TikTok. 
I don't know why you have to. <laughs> yeah. I just like to shit on TikTok sometimes. <laughs> um, I would I would say that maybe uh, Julius from Treehouse. I had that on my list. Uh, yep, hit, yep. hit that. Uh, maybe uh, took that to a different. I'm not saying it's even better. It's it, but it's different enough. To me, I had tre- I wrote Topper, down Treehouse yeah. on here too yeah. because if Hetty Topper started it, I feel like Julius perfected the style to what it is now. Like they brought the New England IPA home, so to speak. So, someone actually brought me a little care package back from there, like maybe three, two or three months ago. And I prefer Julius to King Julius or the Julius with 50 S's at yeah. the end of it. All that. <laughs> bunch of J's. Uh, yeah, yeah. A bunch of J, all the J's. <laughs> um, although, yeah. But because it was just, it was just perfect. So, yeah. I mean, you, you can answer this question based on actual like sales data or you're just what you're seeing every day. But what, are the trends right now that you're seeing in your position um or rather what like is it just the same thing like everybody other outside of domestic beers everybody's pretty much trying the same stuff like sierra nevada or have they kind of moved on as a class um what we see other than i'm not going to count domestic or white claw or anything like that well but if you're saying that you see more white claw being sold than some of these beers maybe that's something oh no i uh, especially in the summer not necessarily white claw anymore because Topo Chico so many. and it's the number one category. Yeah, in in because it's in the beer department, I have to order it. Yep. So it's the number one category. Other than that, the our lo, lo, people want local beer. They really do, and especially out in the East End, there's not a lot of local beer. You know, places to get local beer, so they they come in and they they want it. Because well, they're not coming into the the tap rooms per se. Yeah, right? yeah. Because it's fifty miles away. Fifty <laughs> <laughs> of the worst traffic you you'll ever endure. The, the worst traffic exists in Middletown for approximately a five miles. Yes, I know. And we are also <laughs> spoiled in Louisville that like bad traffic in Louisville is a, a very minimal. great day in Chicago. Uh, well, that's true. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> we don't talk about the traffic in Middletown though. So, but 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 you have craft beer drinkers that you've seen shifted from wanting these national regional beer brands that have been tried and true to something that okay hey there's a, a new mile wide release uh, that I really want to try and they just yeah. start canning into distribution and I want to try it any any time i put an atrium uh ipa or mile wide ipa on draft it's going to go pretty quickly another thing though i um i have put 3 juice force kegs from new belgium on and they have never thursday they're gone by monday yeah everyone now there's six barrels you know but i'm not a i'm not we're not a bar it's not constant you know it's the most successful craft beer launch in in history it's fantastic yeah i mean i'll give them credit it is delicious so your point about there not being like mini breweries out in the eastern area at the middletown liquor barn that you uh, work at and buy the beer for um People come to your yeah. bar to try stuff from around the city. Uh, you, you mentioned Thursdays. Yeah. Uh, every Thursday we have a pint night. Starts at 5, ends around seven thirty eight. That way, you know, it's an early night. You go out if you, afterwards if you want. You know, and if you're, if you're with, you, if you're in town, if you're, if you're out in the middle of, if you're on the way to Frankfurt and your car breaks down. <laughs> 
gosh. Well, that's middle town. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Come on and out. And you get to try stuff. It's yeah. like it's rotates every week, and you guys always have so curated, like really good stuff on that you're not going to find everywhere. Well, we do have people that come actually from yeah. in this area to, to come out. Yeah. Um, I mean, we did have uh, we had um, Morning Delight from Topland Goliath on, and we had uh, which one's that? Uh, uh, that's their uh, m- maybe Morning coffee. Delight is uh, KBBS without being okay. barrel Gotcha. Okay, basically. And we had the Turmoil S'mores, which is basically you can't call it that, but it's assassin with s'mores flavoring, allegedly. Yeah, in, allegedly. in Minecraft. Yes, and and those were they were expensive. It was thirteen fifty for a six ounce pour. Wow! And that's a you know us. I, I we actually took a little bit less of a cut yeah. uh, just because it's an expensive keg. But but if people want it, they'll they'll pay for. So it. you're basically seeing the same trends though that tap rooms might be seeing too, right? Now. Yeah, sure. Do you think that more breweries should explore the the east end of Louisville as a potential destination? Yeah, and I think they they are too. Uh, uh, Atrium's going to open in. Um, Norton Commons. Commons. Yeah. Middletown is still a little, uh, they got their whole sopple in Linden, and then you've got like, you know, third turn in J Town. Yeah. I could see a little, uh, I could see somebody popping up in Middletown. Maybe a, maybe a brew tap room slash Chicago thin slice pizza joint. Ooh, yeah. Oh, well, Great Flight is out there too, but I don't know if they have any beer on tap in Middletown. So yeah. that's, that's my dream yeah. is that for someone to open like an old school bar, you know. And but sell uh, either Chicago thin crust tavern style pizza or New Jersey thin crust. Either one, I don't care. Does it have to picking. be square cut? <laughs> yeah. Does it have to be cut in the square? Yes. Oh, of course, tavern okay. cut. Of course, yeah. okay. tavern cut. Tavern cut. I've yeah. never heard it referred to as that. Before. I've never heard of New Jersey style pizza. Yeah. All right. It, it is. It, it's like the Chicago style, but it's even thinner. They. They. It's. I like. I love yeah. a good thin crust. I like a deep, nice, no, I nice like, crust too. But there is something to be said about a good thin crust pizza. Yeah, it's best where you're you're drinking beer. It's like a uh, tapa almost. Yeah, it's <laughs> if you, true. If you wanted to be fancy, <laughs> delicious with some craft beer. Um, do you want to do a show and tell? That could be the stout if we wanted to crack that, or if there's other stuff in the wings. What did you bring us, Todd? Oh, not brought stout. This, this. <laughs> Let's okay, do this no. one. This is one of those beers too. We didn't talk about it in the listing just because you know, focusing mostly on American stuff. Uh, Sam, this is an English beer, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sam Smith is another one of those like just classic, classic things that people would seek out. Sorry about that. Terrible noise. Sorry, audience. Um, Everybody's like, ah! They have, they have their IPA, which is a really like very English style IPA, which is so much different than the American. Uh, what is their other big one that they chocolate do? Stout. Yeah, the chocolate one that they do mm. is delicious. And then they have a taddy porter. I don't know what taddy means, by the way. I just like to say it. Come on, <laughs> isn't that like somebody that drives a, a horse and carriage? Let's go with yes. Let's no, go with yes. No, that's a that. no, that's a ta- that's a tabby yeah. or cabby. It's a cabby. <laughs> cabby. Uh, t- anyway, taddy porter. But yeah, Sam Smith like has made amazing beer for a long time. Um, predating all of this hypeness, and they still put out amazing stuff, which I always appreciate having a small pour of. Well, um, and I do remember, and this was pr- probably a one-off, uh, going back to Cumberland Brews, they made an oatmeal stout, um, I'm guessing 2008 or so, nine, something like that. And it was amazing. Nice, yeah. yeah. They were one uh, here in town. They were one of the first ones I can remember too. That they would always put their uh, 
porter on nitro at Cumberland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was one of the first places you can go get a nitro beer. Yeah. People still ask for like a nitro porter to this day, and that's another one of those homebrew times where you're like, okay, how do I explain this? <laughs> to make a nitro porter, you just have to make a porter and put it on nitrogen. So, Todd, why why this beer? Because th- uh, this is probably the first stout I ever had. It's so good. And it's just classic. Yeah. Um, went through BJCP training a little bit, uh, beer judge certification program. Yeah. Um, prior to COVID. And we essentially tasted through many styles. Um, it was kind of how you train yourself to <clears throat> identify and find the guidelines and everything else. This was the oatmeal stout, you know, that was presented as the absolute ideal example. Um, yeah. And that that's it's always so dr- going to be that way. It's so like dry that it almost tastes smoky. Like yeah. it, that roasted barley profile. And it, is that like a Burton on Trent water? I can't remember where this brewery is located in England. If it's one of those like uh, it's actually Burton, Cincinnati, Ohio. Is it really? No. I will fucking no. kill myself if I'm wrong about that. Because I was going to say the water probe. Well, oh, no, you're... Oh, my that's, God. That's the other Sam. That's the other Sam. New, new, oh, no, Belgium, I mean, new, uh, Newcastle is brewed in Lagunitas now. This is one of those Yorkshire beers. So you're getting yeah. that like very English like water profile that uh, accentuates that tannic little bitterness from that roasted barley. Yeah, that's such a good beer, dude. It's classic. So you're saying that trends of the 2020s are to have other people brew your beer and then eventually change the <laughs> recipe. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then also be brewed somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. So one, one other final question that I had here, um, how would you describe, we've talked about the evolution of beer from, you know, back in the eighties and nineties and two thousands and 2010s. How would you describe the change of the average? Because you've been in the game for a little while, selling beer to people and just being around beer nerds. The the change in the beer consumer or the the craft beer lover back from the days of Silo to today. Who were those people back then? What was on the radio? And who, who's drinking beer now that you see coming in? Well, I mean the the net is has has expanded. It's a wider net now. It used to be, you know. Someone with a monocle, maybe. <laughs> Roger Baylor. Yeah, or, yeah, or, <laughs> or you know, a, a cigarette on a long extender. You know, Hunter S. Kind of, Thompson. Yeah. Uh, and now it could be anyone. And somehow, because I'm going to say this, bourbon nerds have ruined bourbon. Bourbon is ruined. And somehow beer has not been ruined. Yet. So I'll give you, uh, yet. yeah, yeah. We're working on it. Yeah. No. With this podcast right now. Um um, you know, Ru- ruined as far as like pricing goes or or allocation. Yeah, people standing in line, people getting one bottle uh, of something that, that's, and then paying someone to to go in and get them a second one so they can make thirty dollars off of it. I mean, it's so. Good. I think that happens in beer. Well, not not you, as much, believe me. I know that both of you guys have done that too. So <laughs> we're the pure ones yeah. here. No, no, it's, it's the, the, the scale is not as I understand. I've waited in line for beer like an idiot before. It's kind of just like the social media thing. It, it, it's like before social media before the internet, it was about you going into a place and enjoying something. Yeah. Now that there's this whole secondary market mm-hmm. and the fact that you can like, 
kids these days, okay? I'll just start with that, kids these days. But half of the experience might be like taking a picture to put on your social media or like to share, to like check into your untapped. So we, like, it's just so different in my yeah. like, limited experience where it Are was, people- you know, you watched the last episode of Cheers in silos. Like <laughs> that was a different world than we're in now. It was a different world. Yeah, sure. But I mean, I also will watch, you know, certain like show finales or sports at different breweries yeah, and sure. still, still there for community purposes. It's not like I'm just like standing in line and just like taking photos of the beers exclusively. I think I still do that, but not exclusively. You're right. Um, You're right. You're right. And I don't know. Is, is untapped even like being used anymore? Do you see that much on your end? I, I don't use it. So yeah. But, but do you, but do you see people using it at, you know, on your pint nights? Uh, every once in a while. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like a thing that's necessarily. T- and then people, Younger than me, probably don't even know what it is necessarily. Yeah, maybe I'm jaded. Maybe I'm like living three or four years ago where it all started to kind of go like down a strange path. Maybe we're pulling back. I actually can't tell you the last time I saw somebody younger than me checking in a beer and Mm -hmm. untapped. Like taking a picture of a beer at a bar? Yeah. I mean, that happens, but like I just don't think anybody's just like reviewing beers on their phone while they're at the bar younger than me. Well, because the the review part of it was just the, the swing of I had this and you didn't. And like to Todd's point, bourbon's ruined by sort of the scarcity model, I think is the, the root of that evil. Um, the fact that you do have to wait yeah, that's 12 thing. hours in a line to potentially. And it doesn't take eight years to make a good beer. Yeah, it's true. True. I mean, if you age a stout for two years and you know what you're doing, it's going to be a good stout. A two-year-old bourbon is not going to be good. Right. Yeah. So... Well, that, so maybe that, I shouldn't blame the people as much as I do. <laughs> I'm, I'm well, with fair. you. I want to blame the, blame the kids. Some somebody feeds the machine. No, some, no yeah. like some of these people that do this are as old as me or older. I mean, it doesn't have it. I'm not blaming young people. I'm, I'm not one of those guys yet. I am. So uh, <laughs> thank you, thank you very much for bringing all these beers in and this Samuel Smith Stout. It's been a long time since I've had the oatmeal Stout yeah. expression uh, specifically, and we're talking about you know two year old uh, bourbon bourbons, bourbon stouts and everything bourbon barrel stouts um one of the things that it's uh, coming up uh mid-month in february is Holsopple in linden they're celebrating their sixth anniversary as a brewery and one of the things that they always like to release is their big hand imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels um that i think they're doing some celebrations uh february 16th through 18th that thursday through saturday night they're doing live music and the big hand release plus variants Oh wow, they're they're great guys. Yeah, they're, great. they're great people. They are, and the and from the bartenders to the owners, they're great. They're all great people. They're great. They're they're the they're the neighborhood brewery that is needed outside of the water. Side. No, definitely. Yep. And there are only a couple examples of that right now, unfortunately, in Louisville. Uh, some of those variants that I mentioned include a peanut butter version, a toasted coconut version, and then a chocolate covered cherry. Um, Interesting. I, I remembered a few years ago, and I wish they bring this back, but it was like a bacon version. Ooh. And yeah. on on part of the flight, they actually gave you a little piece of bacon with the beer. Oh man, I think I it missed was, that one. It was I think it was a maple bacon. Yeah, maple bacon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was really good. They're a great example. Like they have a they've grown tremendously. They've done very well out there. They found their niche core like Cheers patron bar customers who mm-hmm. just love going there after work to have a beer. Uh, and I doubt a lot of them are putting it on TikTok. So, yeah, cheers to Whole Sopple. You guys are freaking great. And they have a ton of live music all yes. the time. Like all the if, time. If you kind of want to just go see a low-key show, just 
pop in on a Friday or a Saturday. A lot of times there'll be somebody played out in the tent and people play indoors too. So um, I think they've established themselves well beyond a brewery into a little bit of a music venue. Yeah. But another really good music venue in town uh, is Gravely. Uh, they are they are known as for calling themselves the music brewery uh, here in Louisville as well. And um, I think we have some, some news about them. Yes, yeah, so uh, at the beginning, End of 2022, they have um, a food truck out back that has been vacated, um, formerly known Mayan Cafe, which still exists, by the way, just not at Gravely. Um, oh, yeah. Mayan Cafe is an amazing place downtown. One, one of the best it's places. Amazing. They were doing a food truck there. Correct. And they have decided to take it a little bit more on the catering side of things and kind of continue that that leg of the business which has opened up an opportunity um, for a very notorious uh, cheeseburger joint to go in. Ooh. So we're going to have oh. a <laughs> I love it. So <laughs> We so were wondering. There's going to be a, a Little Toasties there. Little Toasties. Little, little toasties. It, are they calling it Little Toasties? I sure as hell hope so. <laughs> no, I, th- I, th- I think they are. I'll, I'll go there if they call it Little Toasties. Yeah. Little toasties. I'll, I'll go there too. So Toasties is a uh, uh, Germantown, Schnitzelburg, Shelby Parks, like Greater Germantown. Greater Germantown, you know, let's just if you, Greater Germantown. Uh, uh, like Patty Melt, like Smashburger Joint. Smashburger Joint, yeah. It's a, it's a diner that's well, not open past it's, well, it's ten. Not called yeah. a diner, or or open before four p.m. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I, I know the guys who opened that place, and I love them. I think they're amazing human beings uh, and really good business owners. So I'll be very, very good to see what they can do, like on that small scale super dialed in like food truck business model. I think it's going to be good to go with some gravely beer. So speaking of limited hours, Lonnie's, anybody ever been to Lonnie's? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh, oh yeah. The burger, the, 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 the hot dog. And, yeah. and Italian beef sandwich. Yes. But, hell yeah. but they are open literally from like 1130 to one. I think I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So I think I might need a Lonnie's uh, like yeah. beef steak right now. Yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, 1 p.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. damn it. I was hungry. Yeah, they're closed. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's lunch lunch only there. I yeah. took my company mandated 30-minute lunch, and I didn't make it to Lonnie's in time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try again tomorrow. It's great, though. It is good. Uh, in more regional news, um, we had talked about... Uh, <clears throat> back in the day, Fat Tire kind of establishing its own brand outside of New Belgium... Uh, as of today, Braxton has announced that they are uh, splitting off from the Braxton brand specifically for garage beer um, uh. with its own production facilities and tap rooms. Um, a brand that they've been pushing for the last two to three years along with their seltzer brand five, mm-hmm. um, which was an NBA sponsor at one point in time. Um, they've decided to focus their efforts into garage beer. Um, the story behind garage beer has kind of been that Braxton started in a garage. It's a nice American lager. There's literally nothing wrong with it. I can't say anything bad about it. No. Um, and talking about in the large formats, they sell it in a, a, 15, pack. a 15 pack. Yeah. That's kind of cool. And it's at the right price point. But um, it's interesting to see someone in the regional area <clears throat> try and tackle the national brand scene, uh, if you will, yeah, you're right. and really push this thing out. Um, because... When was the last time a, a, a fat tire or a pale ale or a high life came around? And who the hell would have thought they'd been from Kentucky? Yeah. And, yeah. and by the way, garage beer is just like Pilsner, right? I mean, it's, it's just a lot of lager. Yeah. yeah. Just regular lager. It's garage beer. It's 
It's garage beer. Yeah, yeah. I know all about garage beer, man. I, that I'm tied into that brand. I love it. So yeah, that's super exciting to see what they'll do with that, and I don't know where that'll go. We're following, following, and drinking along. Any final uh, thoughts? You guys have anything we want to kind of shout out or plug this week? We could start with uh, things going on at Liquor Barn. Anything you guys are excited about or beers everybody should come in and try or buy? Come to Pint Night. We are excited about nothing. <laughs> just kidding. Um, <laughs> shop Liquor Barn. No, I'm just kidding. Um, in all seriousness, though, like it is a place where anybody who's listening to this can go and be able to find not only like a lot of good Louisville beer, but you guys get some of the best craft beer, kind of like some of these some of these things that you've heard on this list. Some of these just beers that everybody should try. In addition to all the other stuff that you guys have, bourbon and wine and, and people like Todd. and cheese. Yeah, and Todd. Go come, in. Come hang out with Todd. Go in and ask. Yeah. I mean, he, he might look at you funny, but he's definitely got an answer for I you. I mean, I pretend yeah. to be someone else. But, <laughs> yeah. but. Well, I mean, Liquor Barn was the first place oh, yes. uh, that Louisville Ale Trail retailed passports out to outside of the tap room space and our own website. So for that, we'll be forever you know, grateful for for Jessica and, and Liquor Barn uh, at the time. Yeah. David, what do you have to plug? I'm going to shout out Royal Oil. This is a damn good yeah, beer. Yeah, it's very good. Thank you, Tristan. Uh, this is this is really good. Uh, this is a special beer that, like, yeah, only comes out once a year. And uh, just got a, a second little scotch of it. And uh, pretty happy about that. Hell yeah. John? I will plug uh, Liquor Barn. We talked about it a little bit before you came in, and you guys don't do it anymore. But back when I was first getting into homebrewing, uh, that was a place that I could go to pick up a pack of dry ale yeast or a pack of uh, like an extra fermenting bucket or a bottle capper or whatever. So even though that uh, it's a hard business model, well, I understand see, that. Okay, that's the reason. Yeah. Because you re- you understand it's a full-time Oh yes, Thanks. and your yeast will expire, and your yes. inventory will go bad, yes, and people will. are homebrewers or so. When you have some <laughs> somebody pulled in twenty different directions because of, of, of you know other things, uh, it, it was it, it it grew to be very hard. But even even so, I would still give give you all a shout out just because like, um, and you know, you didn't have to do it. It was probably not financially advantageous. But the fact that you guys did do that when all this stuff was coming up. The only reason that Louisville is as good of a beer city as it is today is because of all the homebrewers who kind of came up, you know, in that same time drinking beer at Silo, drinking beer at uh, Brownings and, you know, BBC and all that stuff. That's that's why we are where we are. And you guys had a lot to do with that in the growing stage. So shout out and thank you. Uh, uh, on my end, um, shout out to... Well, yeah, I just I just have to plug uh, the Last of Us on HBO, uh, specifically uh, and particularly uh, episode three. Uh, it was fantastic. It was a great piece of television. Uh, the entire first three episodes have been great, but number three just hit differently. wasn't expecting that. I never played the game at all, so um, I was in for just a little bit of a shock about this entire thing. Uh, by the time this episode airs, we'll already have seen episode four, so maybe that'll be better. I doubt it, but episode three was <laughs> damn near perfect TV. Okay, I need to check it out. You guys um, were right about the menu, by the way. I watched it. It was good. It was good. I enjoyed the menu. Um, some people didn't. It was. It was. Um, also um, on Netflix, uh, who who has seen Dairy Girls? Dairy oh Girls? fuck yeah, yes, dude! Yes. The, oh, dude. Did you watch the last of it? Yeah. Or the yeah. the last of us? The last yeah. of the Dairy Girls? Yes. So it's three seasons and in, in a an English 
a European Irish. season, Irish, but European season is six episodes. So you right. can get through it pretty quickly. And yeah. it's fucking great. It's yeah. about uh, these girls who live in like rural-ish Ireland uh, back in like the, it kind of spans the, the mid 90s, basically yes. ending like in the late 90s. But that was back during all of the, uh, the like Sinead O'Connor times. Yeah, between the IRA, Northern Ireland, the Protestants and the Catholics. I appreciate the fact that people are just getting blown to smithereens Dude. and they called it the Troubles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Troubles. You know, yeah. Like if I have cold coffee, that's the Troubles. But yeah. You know. <laughs> Me and Courtney watched the uh, final episode on our projector a couple nights ago, and I was trying to like, like trying to hide my like tears uh, during like the just it ending. I was like, uh, but yeah. also it's hysterically funny. Oh, it's great! Oh yeah, yeah it's like funny yeah. as shit show. That's why yeah. I was so sad it was mm -hmm. over. Yeah, shout out Jerry Girls. Yeah. Well, Todd, thank you so much for coming on tonight. We oh, really appreciate yeah, you coming thank on, you, thank sharing you. beers. Uh, I know I need to get back home and apparently watch the Dairy Girls on Netflix. Yes. Uh, so I'm gonna go and do that. Thank you guys so much. Thank you guys. Thank you. I'm an IRA.